This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority podcast. I'm so excited that you're here with us today. We are recording episode number 135, and that is such a big number. My goodness, I've been at this and consistently at this for a while. Not that that shocks me, but that number just struck me for a second there when I said it out loud. I think when you start a podcast, it's like, let's get through the first couple of episodes and see. I think there's actually a stat out there that says most podcasts reach seven episodes. So I think being at 135 is pretty darn good. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us every single week here and allowing us to partner with you to help you move your service-based business forward. We are excited to bring to you a guest today. And, you know, I was just celebrating the podcast and the podcast is obviously the top of our visibility strategy here. And today we're actually talking about visibility. So I'm excited to bring a guest, a longtime friend and someone who I just continuously am inspired by and learn from. We have Amanda Berlin with us today for episode 135. I'm going to give you a little bio about her, and she's going to talk to us today about really specifically to you. You guys know every single week we come to you, we aren't bringing you know fluff content to you. I want to make sure that we are meeting you where you're at, you being a service provider, you hopefully providing a high ticket, high value service to a few people. So When we do that, we're going to market much differently than we would compared to somebody who would be creating a course or having a certification or something like that. So I want to make sure that when we come to you, we're giving you exactly what you need that will actually move the needle forward for you and your business. One of those pieces of moving that needle forward is definitely visibility. And it has varied for me. The tactic, the strategy has varied for me over the course of my business, and it will do the same for you. But my goal today is that Amanda comes in and teaches both you and me some strategies that we can use to bring in high level clients that really respect the high ticket and the the high touch delivery that we as directors of operations and a high level operations community bring. So before we get there, Amanda Berlin is a visibility and business consultant for entrepreneurs. She works with clients on holistic visibility to help them grow their business and impact based on tactics employed during her 12 years in the corporate PR world, guiding strategy for major brands. Amanda and her clients have been featured in all types of media from business insider to entrepreneur on fire to Fox five to the bustle.com. She's the host of the empowered publicity podcast and loves arming soul powered business owners with the ideas and skill set they need to go from the hidden industry gems to recognizable trusted experts. Ooh, that last sentence right there, Amanda. I feel like that kind of encapsulates my journey because when you start off as a service provider, I don't need millions of people and millions of eyeballs on me. I just want to do what I am gifted at doing, what I'm passionate about doing. And 
I really feel kind of when you and I became friends and started to know one another, I would say that, you know, I was delivering really well and people really enjoyed partnering with me, but I was like a hidden gem. And then slowly, but surely with, you know, lots of effort, dedication, and really staying the path, you know, slowly over time, the expertise came to a forefront, but that, that lesson, it's like, got me exactly where, where I think a lot of our audience is too, and where they aspire to go. But thank you so much for being here, Amanda. I'm thrilled to be here, Natalie. And yes, we are talking about visibility that concentrates on quality as opposed to volume. So the the quality and the depth of your connections and the way that you are perceived when you put yourself out there really does matter when you are a service provider offering a high ticket service. So I'm excited to dive in and chat with you about that. Yeah. As I just read in the bio, you know, a holistic visibility strategy is so important. And also knowing that a lot of our listeners don't have huge teams. And I think we are so often, we look at the people who are before us, the people who have really big platforms out there who hire consultants and hire teams to be able to deliver on some of these things. And I'm excited to share real strategies, holistic strategies for people like us with budgets, lean teams, if a team at all, and still be able to still hit those targets that we're setting for ourselves. Now, I know that visibility has been incredible for me. It's been the most powerful tool because it's led to a lot of organic friendships, relationships, and connections that have in turn really fueled me. So let's dive in and help these gals understand and give them some real hardcore tactics of what they can do to move their business forward from a visibility perspective. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I want to sort of like, you know, flesh out a little bit, I guess, is like the word that we keep batting back and forth, this term visibility. I want to be really clear about what that means. And to me, what visibility means is being seen on behalf of your business, being known And in essence, to put it into like a larger real world term, this is marketing. Like this is how you're marketing your business. And what you pointed to, Natalie, in terms of where you were early on, a lot of the clients that I work with, a lot of the women who come my way are like fist wagging to the heavens with the mantra of like, I'm really good at what I do and not enough people know about me. And visibility is the answer to that problem, that plaguing sort of misery of feeling unknown and feeling like you can help a lot of people, but they just don't know about you yet. And so when it comes to visibility and when it comes to the tactics that we employ, I do approach it from this holistic perspective because when we talk about PR and marketing, and I want to get to PR and the, the kind of the definition of that in a second, when we think about PR and marketing, a lot of my clients, when we say PR in particular, they think about media. And that is something that I really want to pull back from or sort of illuminate all of the other ways to be visible on behalf of your business, especially for those of us who are operating as service-based businesses, offering a high ticket service. Media is not the way. And I hear that over and over and over again, corroborated in practice by so many people. So just one other sort of definition that I'll offer really quickly before I toss it back over to you to kind of reflect on this is that PR, which is my area of expertise, PR and marketing, I came from the corporate world of public relations 
where I worked from 2000 till 2012 and have been in my own business for the latter part of that decade or the second decade, sorry, the latter part of those 20 years, PR, public relations, means creating a relationship with your public. So what that means is that it is far more organic and that it is earned opportunities that you receive to be on a stage, to be featured in the media, to be aligned with a partner. These are not opportunities. And to your point about not having a huge budget or not having a huge team, PR by its definition does not require you to have a huge budget in order to place ads or to buy your way onto a stage because PR means that you have earned those opportunities. Someone has recognized your expertise and offered you that opportunity sometimes because you've asked for it. (laughs) That's part of it. You have to be able to ask and to pitch yourself, but PR indicates and, and I think creates a really strong message for the audience that you've earned these opportunities. So you do not have to have a huge budget and you do not have to have a huge team to engage in public relations. Yeah, I love that. And I will say that even myself, when I think of you, I think of PR and I also think of really big stages. I don't know why my mind does that because as you explain that, I see this, like we have met in some really intimate environments that aren't on humongous big stages or anything, but Mm -hmm. definitely would still fall under that PR vessel. So I want everyone to hear that for sure, that, you know, PR is not for the rich and famous. It's not for the people who have 20,000 email subscribers, like fill in whatever you think of as quote unquote, having made it. But I believe that if you're on the journey to make more, to earn more, to find your most ideal client, which, you know, a lot of times in that case, when we elevate the avatar or the client or the human being that we want to work with and support, we are finding somebody who aligns with our values. Then we are able to show up in our greatest expression and get paid what we deem as appropriate. I mean, you get to define that, but getting in front of that ideal person is where the marketing and the visibility come hand in hand. So let's talk about how someone like me or a service provider, let's talk about some of those tactics that we could use. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I work with my clients inside a framework that I developed for visibility that has three pillars. And this was sort of a full circle moment for me when I even just recently (laughs) realized that after a decade of conversations with women in entrepreneurial ventures and solo entrepreneurs, that these three categories of visibility are like the distinct ways to move the needle on your client acquisition. I realized that these three different types of tactics, which I'm going to outline in a second, are actually what we were doing in my big PR job. There were departments inside the global PR firm that I worked for that specialized in each of these tactics. So it was kind of like this moment where I, you know, I had learned what I learned in the corporate PR world. I sort of was like, well, I have to create something totally new and re-envisioned what PR was. And then I realized that it's sort of a different way of presenting the same tried and true tactics that have worked for decades inside the PR world. So the three categories of visibility that I work on with my clients are as follows. And we take like a little from column A, a little from column B, a little from column C based on where you are and what your goals are with visibility. And that's really the starting place. So the framework is as follows. And I think of them in 
the construct of concentric circles. So the innermost circle is collaborations and alliances, your strategic partnerships. Who is doing something different than what you're doing before the same people? Who is speaking to your audience? Who has earned their trust already? And how can that person connect you with more of the people that you need to talk to as well? So that's the innermost circle, strategic partnerships, collaborations, and alliances. The second circle, the middle circle, is speaking and events. So how are you getting the opportunity to be put in front of an audience as an expert, either on a stage that someone else has created, like a conference or an event, or a stage that you've created in your own event, workshop, webinar, whatever that may be. How are you creating your own stage? And that is one of my most favorite things to dig into. So we'll, I'm sure we'll come back to that. And then the outermost circle is, as we might anticipate and as we mentioned earlier, is media. And the reason why it's in the outermost circle is that media is phenomenal for validating your business and creating a sense that you know what you're talking about because we still, as humans, we trust media. The media that we trust, we trust. (laughs) And when we see that you've earned the opportunity to be interviewed or featured or written about or that you've contributed in a way to a media outlet that we trust, it really confirms for us what we already believe about you. So what I'm saying sort of beneath the surface on that is that media is not always great. And I am hedging that a little bit, but it is not good (laughs) at sending ideal clients your way because it is so broad. It is touching a lot of people and it's very unlikely that your ideal client is going to read in a magazine about you and then come and spend a huge amount of money with you after reading one article that you've written. What is more likely and the way that media supports a visibility strategy is that someone hears about you through another person who they trust, i.e. your strategic partner, or they hear about you because they experienced you in a workshop or on a stage. They go to your website because they kind of feel like they liked what you had to say, and they see that you've been featured in a media that they that they trust, and they're like, oh, I was right about her. <laughs> And then they get in touch with you. So media is a great validator and it's good at creating an air of expert status, but you need to acquire clients through these other visibility tactics. Right. So like if you're starting your business, would you say to start with those strategic partnerships? I'm not saying starting your business because, hey, friends, if you're starting your business, the number one thing you're going to do is have conversations with human beings give, deliver wholly and fully, and then start securing your clients. So this is not necessarily for like the baby days, the starting days of business, but once you're at a place where you can, you're wanting to scale and you're wanting to bring in either volume or a higher quality, this is when visibility, and it really doesn't happen all that long after you've started business, because we always want to make sure that we're filling the well and we're also, you know, growing and gaining more exposure, more credibility. And so everything that Amanda's talking about is important. But my question to you, Amanda, is do you think that it is smart to start with when you're like thinking visibility? You know, I think we naturally are like, oh, we need to create social media, we need to speak, and we want to write a book. And, and who knows how big that may be, because it's really different for everyone, kind of depending on personality experience, age, et cetera. But if you're advising the majority of us, would you say starting with strategic partnerships is the best way to go? 
Yes, you are absolutely right. So I work with clients at all stages of their business. So when we're looking at sort of a initial or like a starter visibility strategy, and I would argue that this is a framework that is applicable to where you are no matter what. You absolutely start with the people who you can interact with readily and just tell them what you have going on. That's where I always start with my clients is like, have you told everyone you know what you are doing and how you can help? And really, you know, not just so that they know, but asking them outright, do you know anyone who fits the bill of who I'm looking to connect with? Can you send them my way? So that is a grassroots visibility tactic that everyone should be employing. And then the next level up from that is definitely those strategic partnerships. Who are the other professionals who are serving the same people who you want to serve so that you can, you know, finding those people will enable you to connect with that audience and establish trust all that more quickly um, in what I call the trust transfer. When you are connected with someone who's established trust with their audience, that person introduces you to their audience and the trust that they have established is transferred onto you because that audience is like, oh, well, if Natalie likes her, I probably would like her. <laughs> yes, I trust transfer. I'm not, I'm not gonna forget that. <laughs> that is really powerful. <laughs> and I think even in my business throughout all the iterations, but even so today, I mean, we use, we have built and are specifically looking for relationships to make and to develop and to deepen with other people who teach service providers how to get going. We are not your first stop. We don't teach people, you know, how to build their first service-based businesses. There are lots of amazing women and men out there that are doing that. And so we partner with those people because they get them on the journey. Now that individual, their student or their client starts to see what is possible. And, you know, at the right time, they will be introduced to us. And so those are our strategic partners, people who are educators in the service provider space. And, you know, they've made a huge difference. We saw a lot of growth from 2020 to 2021. And I can point a lot of great success stories in our business journey that have come directly through those strategic partnerships. The cool thing about those is when you think about that from a client's perspective, if you're the service provider and you're getting in front of those audiences, maybe it's business owners who have your audience in them, or maybe it's a certain level of business owner. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to cut that for you, but when you get in front of them, you know, you get in front of them, you service them, you deliver exactly or more than what they want. You become so referable that the ripple effect of these strategic partnerships is so strong and and really last a very long time. Yeah. It's one of my most favorite ways to be visible. And it's also very personally nourishing. It's really powerful to have that cadre of allies who can support you in what you're doing and whom you can support as well. Yeah. Where do you think referral networks come into the strategic partnership circle? You know, someone creating a place where people can, maybe you're not right for me, Amanda, but you know, other friends. So it's like a dotted line to a strategic partner. You're a well-connected person who has friendships, relationships with business owners who could use me, but you're not necessarily that perfect connection for me. And maybe referral is not the right way of doing that. Maybe it's like one degree, one degree of separation kind of thing. My goal is to 
A, always be of service. So if I can point you in the direction of someone who's going to serve you, if I don't feel like I can, then that's a degree of service that I'm Mm -hmm. providing. And I also don't want to be on the hook to do work that is not in my genius zone. So I will, it's a service to me (laughs) to connect you with the person who's going to perform that task as well as it needs to be performed. And I'm, I'm very into mindset and the sort of inner workings of what it takes to be a business owner to be visible. So in the category of sort of like, sending work to someone else. It's a gesture of recognizing that there's enough, that there's abundance, that there is, there's no lack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't need to hold on so tightly to everything. I can easily send, uh, you know, someone who would be a good fit for someone else in their direction. Yeah. That just represented trust transfer to me as well. You know, like (laughs) it it may not be exactly that, that specific strategic partnership there, but a question that we get a lot and I get it specifically from our DO community, they will come to me and they will say, Natalie, you've been able to get in front of or speak or contribute or be a guest expert in lots of different masterminds or group programs. How do you get those opportunities, Natalie? I know how I would answer, but you know, I think that this is kind of the bridge between two of the circles that you mentioned. Yes, absolutely. Because this is definitely, yeah. So uh, there, the barriers between these pillars of visibility are permeable. And so they always sort of intersect in interesting ways. And so what you're describing is the intersection of strategic partnerships and speaking or hosting something. And it's a very powerful way to be visible. And so for me, the way that those relationships and those opportunities have materialized and the way that I will often coach my clients to pursue this tactic is through the avenue of strategic partnerships, creating a relationship first and foremost with that person who has influence over that community, with that person who has organized that event, with the person who is hosting that mastermind. And sometimes it takes a while to create that really strong relationship to the point where they're ready to bring you in to teach to their audience. But really starting with relationship building is where I would begin with that. And I have a very, I have an example in my business life that was a hugely influential opportunity that I got to speak at a conference. Actually, where Natalie, you and I met, that was a relationship I nurtured for four years. (laughs) And I didn't, I honestly like gave up at one point and, and just let it go and it came back. So it's, it's a testament to nurturing, to creating a relationship, nurturing relationship, not giving up when it seems like you're not really making any headway or, or even in my case, I got, I got no, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at mm-hmm. one point in that relation in that exchange and i just i was perceived to have continued to give value and yeah. contribute to the community and so eventually when this person was looking for an expert like me she thought of me yep 
I love that. You just stayed in front of it, regardless of the answer or, you know, the perceived rejection that you may have felt (laughs) at some points, because I mean, that's part of it too. But I, you know, I get the question, I get it a lot and I've been getting it more in the last year, I think since things went more virtual, you know, so there's, Mm -hmm. there's less of the physical speaking in person speaking and live events. However, I believe that those are going to come back pretty strong in, in the later part of 2022. But as the world has taught us, we do not make any predictions on anything like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do get the question just so much of Natalie, who do you know that has masterminds that could use operational expertise to come in? And, you know, my default is just like you said, it's the relationships. Like, I feel like a lot of this is very, very organic. All Everything that you're talking about can be organic, Yes. but, you know, make a list, become aware. And honestly, if I give you a list of the people that I know that do this, it may serve you a little bit so that you can do research, but think about who, you know, because there's enough people out there that have group programs that have audiences. Maybe it's not teaching in a mastermind or being a guest expert in a mastermind. Maybe it's being on their podcast. Maybe it's being on their YouTube show. Maybe it's being on a Facebook live with them. There's just a lot of different ways that we can partner with people who we share the same audience with. And so stage, when Amanda says stage, I think you may be like me and you may think of literally a platform stage where you're in a beautiful dress with nice red lipstick on talking and you've got us, <laughs> you know, you've got slides behind you. Certainly that is one way to do this, but a lot of us in this community aren't really, they don't really see themselves on a stage. They see that as for somebody else, or maybe they're not quote unquote extroverted, which I know that that's highly debatable. You know, they don't want the speaker status, but there's a lot of ways to build and create your own stage with some of the things that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. I love that. So yeah. So what I think of when I think of creating your own stage is hosting, hosting an event, a workshop, even a webinar, a way for you to put some of your ideas, your theories, your framework out there, not necessarily. And this is where I work pretty in depth with clients. We don't want to give it all away. This is a marketing tactic. So it's not meant to be your like teach them everything you know moment. This is a moment for you to guide them to what they need to do and why they need to do it, but not tell them all about how they will do it because that's why they need you. And it's actually a disservice to the work if they think that they can leave this 30-minute talk and go and do everything that you could do for them in their business. So this is sort of a lengthy aside, but creating the right content to deliver in those speaking engagements or in those events that you're conceiving is a huge part of this work. But it's really exciting to, yeah. and coming from someone who I kind of surprise myself when I say how exciting it is to host an event or virtual or otherwise, because for me, it was terrifying initially. And I remember the very first year in 2017 was the first year that I did uh, some of my own events. And then 2018, I committed to doing an event, an in-person event per quarter. And I was like the girl who is throwing herself a 13th birthday sleepover. And I was like, I wonder if anyone's going to come. <laughs> yes. And so, yeah. So it's really scary, but It's a testament to showing up, 
to delivering your expertise, but also giving your audience an experience of you. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's such a powerful tactic and why I, that's one of my personal and professional pillars for my own business is leaning in heavily to events and marketing through events. Yeah. An event can be really, I mean, as we have learned, we can still build great solid connections live or in person. And when you talk about stages, these stages can look a lot of different ways. Of course, we've talked about live and live and in-person versus virtual or and virtual, but more and more creative ways are coming up. And one of those creative ways for people of all different audience sizes is leveraging what, I mean, used to be a conference. I mean, we've called it lots of different things and different iterations in my professional journey, but one of those things is a summit. And I know you have a summit coming up, which I can't wait to introduce here, but you know, a summit is, is really the ability for you to pull together some people who have that strategic partner, you know, audience bringing them together, they get a spotlight, you get a spotlight and everybody wins at the end. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is also hugely powerful. And again, blurring the line between collaboration and speaking or hosting the very first time. And I'm excited to talk about the Claim Your Voice Summit, which is coming up in just a couple of days. But the very first time that someone suggested to me like, oh, you should consider doing a telesummit. I was like, oh my God. Again, it was like the teenager in me was like, oh God, shudder. But (laughs) I really, and this has been the driving force of all the tactics I've ever introduced in my business and the driving force behind what I end up recommending for my clients to execute is like, do it the way that feels right to you. So if that made me shudder, I wanted to do something that would expand my reach and expand my audience. And I was determined to do something. So I knew I needed to find a way to do it in a way that felt like me. Mm -hmm. And so the very first time I ever did a project like this, I reconceived of what it looked like. And I added these creative elements that really made me excited about Mm -hmm. implementing this tactic and took some of that shudder away. I probably shuddered for other reasons, like, you know, just the genuine fear around trying something new. But I've had really great experiences of taking something. And this is what I do with my clients. I suggest... And then I look for what your reaction is to that (laughs) because it's not going to resonate out there in the way that you want it to if you're doing it because I told you you should do it. So we have to find a way for you to execute on these tactics that feels right to you that you're excited about so that the people on the other end, the people receiving it are excited about it too. I'm going to tell you a funny story. And I'm telling on myself and I'm giving my age away, but as a young girl, like remember watching the Jerry Lewis telethons, like Mm -hmm. that was my first impression of a telesummit. When someone came (laughs) to me like five years ago and wanted to do a summit, I put all this rigor around it because for whatever reason, when it was described to me, that's the picture that I got in my mind. (laughs) And I thought, oh, that's way too complex or I don't know the right people. And when you are, when you have when you build relationships and you have coffee chats, whatever that looks like for you, connection calls, you just start to see, Hey, you know what? We actually could share or our audiences have the same pain points, but we solve them in different ways. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we can find those strategic partnerships. Let's flip over into that outer ring of media and PR. 
And let's talk about how that is really applicable for someone who doesn't need, you know, I I love the validation idea because recently I was in Forbes as well. And, you know, that's nothing I was really even quote unquote going for. It was not on my list of things I wanted to accomplish in my time as a, as a human or as an entrepreneur, it came to me organically. And it came to me actually, because they wanted to celebrate the work I am doing. It wasn't that we had sought after that. So it doesn't always work that way, but that was of course validating for me. Now, since that has been published, my goodness, of course, traffic has increased for at least at this point, it's increased and we can tie it back to that. But we've also got some really, really interesting, not aligned traffic coming to us that I know is coming because of the Forbes exposure, but it's not, those are not the people that are going to become students of ours or not, they're, they're just not our people. So I know that there's kind of publicity is great or media is great, but there's a lot of different ways of doing this. And if you don't need, or you don't desire, or your business model doesn't, doesn't hold thousands or even hundreds, or maybe even a dozen clients, what is the right kind of media that you would suggest for us? So that's a really good question. I've gone through, you know, in my in my program pitch to prominence, I've had DOOs in my program and some of the, you know, I love that you say it wasn't the thing I was going for. Some of them they want to go for media. And it's been really interesting to see the evolution of that mindset shift and the recognition that media I would venture to even say that it's dispensable for someone who's operating a high ticket service oriented business for that very reason that you really only need a handful of really great clients and the time it takes to generate interest from media and to make those connections. And it's also, it's the type of visibility that we have the least control over. So the resources that we need to devote to that are so can be so time consuming that I would rather you put your energy toward making great connections in the business world that's going to drive business toward you through recommendations or through strategic partnerships, you know, strategic partnerships with lead, which lead to recommendations or through putting your expertise out there and demonstrating your expert status by offering some kind of experience through an event or by speaking. So I would really lean much more heavily and to these other tactics of visibility and embrace media if it comes, but the resources that it would take to get it are maybe best spent elsewhere. Well, 100%. For probably six months, somebody has been reaching out to me and telling me if they could place me in Forbes, you know, you pay them a monthly fee. And then if they place me, I would pay them just a pleasant fee of $7,500. And you know what? I actually was like, I want to see like how this works. Like I was interested Because I think that there's an elusive thing to media, like, Ooh, if I get into this, I'm going to be more qualified and et cetera. And there's, I mean, we can go into a full podcast on that, but in reality, it's not as powerful. I don't know if it can, if you can tie it to revenue in the same way that you can tie strategic partnerships. And so when we talked earlier about the chronological path, like, you know, it's almost like step one lends itself to step two. And you may or may not get to step three. If we're calling these steps versus pillars, you know, you may not get to step three or it may come to you organically. And I hope that that is the case for you, but 
Yeah. Along with all of this, something that has come up in my mind as you've been talking, you know, even if it's getting in front of, you know, speaking on a stage or creating a stage, don't forget as that high level service provider, that finding, developing, and putting time into your intellectual property, to your independent thought, becoming a thought leader, that in conjunction with leveraging your strategic partners and any stage that you can join or create for yourself, that's going to be extremely possibly even more powerful than any media that you would spend time or resources in getting into. So don't forget that that's a critical piece of this because you don't want to pitch a high-level business owner who's got this great mastermind of all of your quote-unquote ideal people and your pitch to them or your conversations with them, they can't describe exactly what you do. You know, knowing where your expertise is and really narrowing and dialing that in to where you can be known as that great project manager for digital and online businesses. That's exactly how people were describing me before I even described myself that way. So, you know, pay attention, listen, and then any intellectual property that you see is standing out, claim it, hold it, name it, and let the world spread that message when we're talking about creating strategic partnerships. Absolutely. And one distinction that I'll make with media is that there is another bleed over between the pillars, between media and collaborations. And that is in the medium of podcasts, because podcasters are usually people who have created a platform, who have created an audience that trusts them. And they could be a podcaster could be a great strategic partner for you, but they're also the operator of a media platform. So that is the kind of media, if you are going to focus on media that you should be focusing on. Yeah, I love it. Amanda, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I think that this is something, I know that this is something that our audience really needs. We need to hear it over and over. And I love that you've given them like three specific paths to walk through and literally walk through them. I want you to take us up into the ops activity for this episode is to First of all, align and and establish, identify, let's just go with identify, let's just say three to five strategic alliances or partners out there that have your audience, your ideal client in them. If you'll do that, come over into the opsinsiders.com. I'd love to see who those people are and maybe we share those. So let's, let's just take the time to follow kind of step one or pillar one of what Amanda has shared today. In addition to that, getting visible is one of those things that I know is very, very important. And like we mentioned, Amanda has a summit coming up. Let us know a little bit more about the summit because I bet we've got some people who need to or want to join you in that. Thank you, Natalie. Yes. So you are graciously joining us as part of this summit. And I have 16 other amazing women in business who are joining us for the Claim Your Voice Summit, which is something I feel so passionate about for so many reasons. I'll get to that in a second, but it's on February 17th and 18th. And the thing that's going to be different about this summit is that these women, Natalie included, are pulling back the veil on what they do in their business uniquely to be visible. And it is not a collection of trainings in all different areas of business. It is a very narrow focus on visibility so that you you can get inspired by real life case studies for visibility that has moved the needle and created successful businesses for the people on the panel. So this is for you, just like we started off this conversation. If you feel like you're shouting into the abyss, you're really good at what you do, but not enough people know about you, or you're trying the same things 
over and over again, and you feel like you're getting lost in all of the different things you could be doing, Mm -hmm. this is going to give you some actionable, real life inspiration for how to be more visible on behalf of your business. And it's going to be an incredible way to connect with other business owners. So your strategic partners might be right there in the audience with you, or One of the things I love most about summits is if you see someone speaking on the stage, it's a great way to reach out to them too. It's a great reason to reach out to someone who maybe is a little further down the road and create a relationship there. So please consider joining us. It's the Claim Your Voice Summit, which super important. My why behind this is that as we all grow our platforms, it means that we can hoist other people onto platforms that they have perhaps been denied in the past. So as you claim your voice, you are making it possible for someone who may not have that opportunity to claim their voice as well. So that's the big why behind my work. And you can find out more about the summit at amandaberlin.com slash summit. Please consider joining us. Yes, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be very powerful. I know anytime that we are in partnership, we always have a DOO or many that go through and go through your work as well. And they become amplified. They amplify their voice, which is obviously what we all want to do. Thank you so much for being here, Amanda. I appreciate all of your time. And I know that we're going to, both of us are going to make a difference. So thanks for being here. Thanks, Natalie. Thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.